0: The official podcast for the Australian Podiatry Association. This is where we talk about issues affecting podiatrists and their patients, as well as a range of broader issues. My name is Annette, I'm the CPD Manager with the Australian Podiatry Association and your host for today's episode. Today, we're talking podiatric surgery and what drives an individual towards this area of the podiatry profession. We're joined by podiatric surgeon, Dr. Paul Armanesco. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Annette. Now, some of you may already know Paul from association webinars and presentations. And Paul, we're so pleased you could join us today. Uh, Now, by way of introduction, Paul is a podiatric foot and ankle surgeon based in the southwest of Western Australia. Paul attained his specialist registration after completing his fellowship with the Australasian College of Podiatric Surgeons in 2012, and has coordinated the graduate uh, podiatrist program through the uh, Southwest uh, Foot and Ankle Center for the last eight years. Um, A member with the APOD-A, an associate with Sports Medicine Australia, Paul is also a fellow of the Faculty of Podiatric Medicine, Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Glasgow. You're a busy guy, Paul. And I know that outside of work, you're a father of three uh, rat bags, which that's your words, not mine. (laughs) And you enjoy surfing uh, and pre-COVID-19 traveling like some of us.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much me. Thanks, Annette.
0: Fantastic, excellent. So, um, I guess uh, a little bit of um, background for our audience today, Paul. And you know, feel free to come in on here. But um, podiatric surgeons are uh, podiatrists who have completed extensive postgraduate medical and surgical training, which enables them to perform reconstructive surgery of the foot and ankle, and I had a bit of a look around the, the, the world and I, I can see that podiatric surgery has a long history of leadership and innovation in the field of foot surgery and podiatric surgeons are uniquely qualified um, to care for the bone, joints, ligament, muscle and tendon pathologies of the foot and ankle. Would would that give a, a pretty a, a good sort of indication of that sector, Paul?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we're, we're a pretty unique specialty in that, you know, we do podiatry and we focus on foot and ankle and that's all we ever do. We never really stray far from that. And, uh, you know, there's not many um, specialties which are, you know, so sort of uh, enhanced in that, uh, in that manner, probably are the only sort of Semi-comparable one would be the oral maxillofacial surgical specialty, uh, where they do a dental uh, surgical tra- or dent dentistry before they do their medical and then their uh, specialty surgical training. But uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, we're we're uniquely qualified to look after and advise people on non-surgical uh, and surgical management of foot and ankle problems. Um, so you know, I think that sort of places in in, in a you know, uh, I guess a, a specific niche within the uh, within the healthcare system.
0: Mm. And look, this is a very, very obvious question to begin with. But why did you? Uh, I, I guess what what made you become a podiatric surgeon?
1: Um, you know, probably like lots of people, I think. Uh, you know, the uh, exposure that you have in your undergraduate uh, training, um, and uh, I had uh, a couple of great mentors. Uh, uh, it was a gentleman called Mario Horder and uh, Nick Marino. They invited me to come and watch some foot surgery. I think I was probably second or third year uni, and uh, you know, I just love that intraoperative environment. I liked the excitement. I liked uh, looking at the anatomy, and I, I just loved, you know, that that intellectual side of things. Um, and uh, you know, I um, I sort of went on to finish my my uh, undergraduate degree, and uh, well, I was sort of thinking, well, you know, what next? And, uh, you know, I did, uh, I think I thought about it for a while whilst I was doing my my master's degree, which was uh, at the time a requirement to start, uh, you know, my my surgical specialty training or fellowship program. So, yeah, it was definitely my, um, you know, exposure with a couple of mentors, um, some senior, you know, senior colleagues.
0: There are a number of pathways um, uh, an individual can follow to become a, a podiatric surgeon. How did you train to become a surgeon? You said you, you just mentioned then you did your master's and then you moved forward with training after that.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah. So after completing my master's degree, which uh, at the time was a requirement to start specialty training with the college, um, but uh, that's subsequently been changed uh, and, and no longer a requirement, uh, uh, I completed the fellowship of the Australasian College of Pediatric um, Surgeons um, so that's a three-stage program. There's a number of practical and academic assessments along the way, and uh, and uh, along uh, with that training, part of the training included uh, you know numbers of rotations, both interstate uh, and internationally, uh, as well as some other medical and spe- uh, surgical specialty rotations. So um, you know it's a yeah it's a it's a designated pathway to attain specialist registration.
0: Okay, okay, I. I have to admit, I'm quite interested, you know, um, turn on any number of Netflix TV shows. And we see TV surgeons busy working away on patients uh, normally with uh, little to no blood and perfectly styled hair and makeup. But I'm pretty sure uh, the reality of being a surgeon is, and particularly a pediatric surgeon is quite different. And, like anything there are positives and negatives in the work that you do what's the best part of being a podiatric surgeon paul
1: well Annette, my hair is always perfect so you know i you <laughs> know, i don't have a problem saying that but uh but uh, in terms of uh blood uh you know blood is certainly a given in the interoperative environment and uh you know the more exposure and the more training uh, you've had the more you kind of get used to you know that uh, side of things and uh you know, some uh, podiatrists might often, you know, come in and observe, uh, observe uh, you know, a bit of surgery. And, uh, you know, we always say at the start of the, the session, you know, if you're feeling a bit faint, make sure you sit down. We don't want you to sort of, you know, go from standing to hitting the deck uh, at uh, full velocity. But, uh, you know, some people have a, a stomach for that and some people don't, and they work that out pretty quickly. But uh, in terms of, um, you know, what uh, what's the best part? Well, I think, um, you know, for me, um, you know, I guess, Everything you know should be about your patient. You know, focusing on the patient and and just having expertise and knowledge to help guide them on a journey to get them better. You know, really, um, you know, you get people and and you know, all our podiatric colleagues would know this. You get these people who have got some sort of uh, recalcitrant uh, foot or ankle problem that's affecting their quality of life, and you've got the tools to sort of, you know, hopefully push them in the right direction and get them moving again. Uh, and uh, so, you know, helping helping people ultimately is, is you know, what drives me. Um, but as far as like the, um you know, the work, specific work aspects, I think, um you know, I love being in the operating theatre. Um, you know, I like working in a team. You've got to you've got your anaesthetist, you've got your anaesthetic nurse, you've got your scrub nurse, you've got your scout nurse, you've got your assistant, you've got your patient care assist. you've got a whole bunch of people who are all working towards, um, you know, determining uh, or, uh, you know, putting this patient through a a safe journey uh, or surgical episode of care. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I guess the the buzz is still being in the operating theatre and doing the operation, but then obviously, you know, that's just a small part of it um you've got to see the patient through the journey you've got to follow up on them you've got to you know advise them on post-surgical care and you know often a lot of these procedures that we do take a, a number of weeks or if not months uh, to settle down so you know it's a it's that whole kind of process really you know that's what I like mm, mm,
0: mm. it is comforting to know there are so many individuals and and professionals involved and in, in that very uh, patient-centered focus uh, that that you have, um, you know, when when you go when they when the patient's going through that process. I I guess you know where there are positives, there are normally some negatives. What's the hardest part of of being a podiatric surgeon, Paul?
1: Well, look, um, you know, I'm sure all my podiatric surgery colleagues would agree that you know it's um you know once you uh you know you start operating on people the the stress can increase significantly um you know you're you know you're dealing with uh, i guess more risk ultimately once you start uh, you know operating on on patients and uh you know, the reality is that uh you know, every surgeon has complications, and things like infection, for example, is a, a well-known complication of uh, any operation. And so, um, you know, when you get those situations, you need to deal with those patients, and you need need to make sure that they get better. And uh, and so, often that means phoning a friend, calling upon uh, medical uh, infection specialist colleagues or, or other people, and uh, you know, working to, to put people back, uh, you know, in the right uh, on the right pathway. So. You know um you know the phone call at 10 o'clock at night and the patient's got you know significant pain and they're you know they're wanting direction you've got to advise them um you know the phone doesn't just kind of switch off uh, on the friday you know you've got to be you've got to be available for your patients if you operate on them so you know i guess you could say there's there's less switching off um so you need to be kind of aware of that um and just make sure that you've got good uh, i guess good governance in place to make sure that your patients um Well looked after. Um, So I guess you know that's one part of the the negative. Um, You know, other negatives might include um, you know politics, uh, politics that go with uh, surgery. There's um, there's lots of turf wars in medicine and surgery. There's nothing new or unique about uh, turf, uh, and it happens in lots of different other specialties. But uh, you know, certainly uh, within pediatric surgery, it's a domain that uh, you know it's occupied by both orthopedic and uh, pediatric surgeons. So you kind of you know in um, certain aspects of your work have to deal with a little uh, or a certain degree of that and you need to have a pretty thick skin uh, in fact uh, a skin like a komodo dragon is highly recommended if you're uh, you know heading uh, down this pathway um, but uh, and then there's you know other kind of uh, negatives like you know with um, barriers in terms of the medical um, uh, system and funding uh, associated with pediatric surgery because at the moment we're you know still largely governed by uh, health insurance funds um, and uh, now patients are, uh, are looked after by the health insurance funds uh, either a little or a lot and uh, that's that's part of uh, you know the move forward with podiatric surgery is just pushing towards uh, better integration uh, better support uh, and that's a long journey and you know I look at uh, some of the work some of my senior colleagues have done over the last, uh, well, you know, 40 years since the college started last year, you know, they've gradually pushed forward and, you know, they started with very humble beginnings, but, uh, you know, the younger cohort of pediatric surgeons are going to have to keep pushing um, and continue to clear the jungle ultimately. But, uh, you know, in brief, there's, you know, there's some negatives. Um, but when you think uh, and you kind of always go back to your patient and patient care, I think that kind of keeps you uh, grounded and on track. And, uh, you know, stops you hopefully getting too caught up in the in the negatives.
0: Mm-hmm. Certainly sounds like you're wearing a series of hats there. You know, there's there's the podiatrist hat, the surgeon hat, the the diplomat hat, and the advocate hat. Sounds like a very uh, obviously uh, a, a very diverse day and week that that you could have uh, of month to month.
1: look, you know, I I mean, I worked with uh, the the college uh, and and on council for about eight years, but uh, I've stepped back a bit on that. Um, But, you know, I've got uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, a number of colleagues who are working on lots of projects and the projects never go away. And there's lots of, there's always a lot of work to be done. So it's great when people all chip in and uh, as, you know, our numbers grow, you know, hopefully there'll be more people to take up the the fight ultimately. Um, But yeah there's never a a day without uh, something to do that's for sure
0: never a dull moment actually in reading through an outline um of the uh type of training a podiatric surgeon undertakes with the acps i noted it takes a minimum of three years to complete the training um what what are some of your more memorable moments training as a podiatric surgeon i'm sure you you can recall patients where you know there were challenges or successes wins even versus those that you know maybe uh, maybe have left an indelible mark
1: yeah, look, um, yeah, so so the, the college or the fellowship training program takes three years to, to complete full time, but in essence, most people, it's more like six years in, in in total, because most people are working as a podiatrist in a variety of clinical roles, whilst they're ticking all the boxes of their, their surgical training. And and likewise, and we hadn't mentioned the University of Western Australia has run a doctorate of podiatric surgery program, which once again is... Know, essentially three years full time, but, uh, you know, the majority of people are sort of, you know, um, the better part of six years till they get the specialist ticket. But, you know, I think that slow cook approach is really, um, you know, I look back and I think, you know, I don't wish that I'd done it any quicker. I don't wish that I'd sort of, you know, got through that process. Um, because I think there's a saying that, you know, the more, you know, the more you realize that you don't know. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so for me, um, yeah it's uh it's been um it's been an interesting journey um uh highlights well look you know uh my um my mentor uh and primary supervisor maria horta organized for me to um essentially access a, a local public hospital and so I, part of our training was to do medical and surgical rotation so i spent uh, a bunch of time in my first year of training uh, in a public hospital, uh, assisting uh, general surgeons, hand surgeons, uh, emergency department uh, rotations, uh, medical rotations, and kind of that integration for me was like a real, I think, grounding and also um, important part of um, of my training, and uh, it taught me the importance of that that whole team and uh, networking and multidisciplinary approach. Um, so that was you know a notable thing. Uh, 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 doing a, a three-month rotation in uh, an orthopaedic uh, unit in the UK was uh, was also a really uh, fantastic uh, uh, thing for me to see. Um, it kind of gave me a vision um, where uh, there's a podiatric surgeon integrated into the um, orthopaedic department, working alongside, uh, you know, the orthopaedic guys and, uh, and training junior orthopaedic surgeons in foot surgery. And, uh, you know, and uh, I remember... Um, you know, my colleague, uh, I was with Peter, Peter Manuel, uh, he's a, a colleague of mine and uh, we got invited to, uh, you know, this manor one night uh, in the UK and uh, it was a bloke by the name of Ian Winston and he was the, uh, uh, I think he was just past president of the British Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society and ex-president of the European Foot and Ankle Society. And we came into this, you know, amazing, you know, uh, this house and, uh, and you know, we sat down with all these sort of high profile guys and, Pete and I rocked up in our $2,000, you know, rent, you know, crappy car and, uh, and we're like, what are we doing here? You know, we're, we're seriously out of our depth, but, you know, they, they really, um, were welcoming and, uh, and, uh, you know, they really valued, uh, our presence and, uh, and our conversation in that particular, sort of like a journal club meeting, but, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was just a thing that comes to mind, uh, going to the US and spending time with a, a, a guy called Jack Schubert in San Francisco. And, you know, this, uh, podiatric surgeon was doing stuff that I just, just blew me away, you know, ankle replacements and tubulosteotomies and stuff that, uh, is just sort of, so, um, I guess, separate to, to what we were used to within the Australian system and not necessarily where we're pushing so much, but, uh, you know, just really good perspective. And, uh, and probably just, just to summarise, I think the first time you, you know, you have your first independent operating session where it's just you and you're commanding the theatre, you've got your first cases booked, you're a bit nervous, you know, and uh, it kind of comes back to you to, you know, look after the patient. You're not relying on the, the consultant anymore. It's, uh, you know, the bang, you know, the buck stops with you and, uh it's all uh, bright lights and uh, you know, and, and shiny steel. And uh, and for me, getting through that first list was you know kind of um, kind of special after the the journey. Um, you know, you know, having sort of finished podiatry in what nineteen ninety eight, and uh, you know, it was what two thousand and twelve by the time I finally got my ticket. So, you know, yeah, that was kind of kind of cool.
0: Yeah, wow. You you've actually been qualified since. 2012, and that's eight plus years now. What advice would you give to a podiatrist who might be thinking uh, of becoming a podiatric surgeon?
1: I think just reach out to other podiatric surgeons. You know, just just hit them up, um, give them a phone call, maybe arrange to spend time in clinic with them, or you know, perhaps you might be able to organise to watch some surgery. You know, get a feel for what it's like. Um, you know, do your due diligence in terms of research. You don't want to kind of go blindly into something like this, because it's not necessarily an easy pathway to take, you know, and, and uh, you know, some people, um, you know, they might not be cut out for it. Um, so, you know, just, just reach out really to, you know, one of the, you know, numerous, uh, you know, I think there's nearly 40 of us around the country, pediatric surgeons, um, Yeah, I think uh, it's a long journey and uh, you've got to be committed, you know, if you're sort of like not that sure, or maybe, you know, uh, possibly sitting on the fence, maybe it's not for you. Um, But, you know, for me, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I was was pretty dedicated, although, you know, I had probably moments of crises and doubt along the way, um, you know, I'm kind of glad, well, I'm glad that I I got through that pathway. you know the college um, does uh, offer a couple of um, you know options for people who are wanting to learn a bit more about surgery. So the ACPS has got affiliate membership, which means that they you know can join in on a variety of educational um, you know benefits and activities, like for example um, our monthly case forum discussions, where the where the trainees discuss a variety of different um, uh, topics. Um, uh, there's also a course called the BSs ET, which is like a uh, basic surgical training course where um, you can get uh, a certificate through the college where it's kind of like a prerequisite for becoming a surgical assistant for a college fellow, but, um, or college member, but, uh, essentially, um, you know, that might be a bit of an intro um, for someone who's, you know, kind of looking at going down that pathway, um, you know, read lots of articles and, uh, you know, try and, uh, Try and essentially practice to you know the best evidence possible, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's um it's something to, to consider, um, but do your due diligence is is certainly my my, um, my main recommendation.
0: Paul, uh, thank you, thank you for for sharing uh, your insights and, and uh, you know your your history with podiatric surgery um sadly today anyway that's all we've got time for but you have shared uh some excellent uh, information with our audience and uh, you know while I'm sure that uh, we agree you know podiatric surgeon training is rigorous it is lengthy uh if an individual is driven towards the profession um and, and goes on to complete the training. It does sound like they they certainly uh, have a, a very rewarding career ahead of them. What is if you if you just want to remind our our audience today what what is the uh, the website for the Australian College um, of Podiatric Surgery? Where can they find uh, all oh, that yeah, information? Yeah,
1: there's, there's certainly yeah, more information on the ACPE sorry acps.edu.au website. Um, so they could certainly get information on the BSET course and affiliate membership, but, uh, yeah, just reach out to one of the, you know, podiatric surgeons around the country. They're not too hard to find. And I think you'll find that most people are really accepting and willing to, you know, pick up the phone. And if they've got a case that's sort of, you know, they're not sure about, or they, you know, want a second opinion, you know, the old saying, a problem shared is a problem half there's, you'll think you'll find that most of, uh, most of us guys uh, and ladies are very open to, you know, helping out our uh, paediatric colleagues wherever we can.
0: Fantastic. Thanks again for everything, Paul. And um, thank you for joining us. And uh, today's uh, episode um, is, is, uh, is going to be out uh, very, very soon um, for our listeners. And just a reminder, you know, for our listeners that we we do welcome your feedback and requests uh, for podcast topics. And, you know, please email any feedback or any topics that you might like to hear more on to info at podiatry.org.au. And, and also don't forget to check our website, podiatry.org.au, as a source for ongoing updates on a range of topics for podiatrists. And when you can, have a look at our social media feeds at facebook.com forward slash Australian Podiatry Association or Twitter at apod_a_national. underscore national. In the meantime, Paul, thanks again.
1: Thanks, Annette. Thanks for having me. Thanks to the APodA. Keep up the good work.
0: All right, everybody. Stay safe and take care. Bye for now.